Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the show where the takes are hot right after seeing a movie. That's a sentence. That's it. Yeah, there you go. I'm Robert Anderson, joined as mostly always by Jack Kolodeski. Hello. Put my e- keys away. Yeah, put your keys away. Don't, those... You think people like that audio? Or what? They like that. I think they like when we when we do yep. the, the bongos on the table. Yep. And yep. have the AC on. And uh, yeah, have the AC on. I kick the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Drink San Pellegrino. <sighs> Ooh, I just had water today, actually. Yeah, that's actually still noisy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, what movie did we just see? We just saw Atomic Blonde. Ooh. A little late to the party on this one. Not the yeah. hottest take. Not the hottest. Well, the hottest take for us seeing a movie, but not the hottest too. Oh, yeah. We still haven't talked about this. We just finished seeing this movie mm-hmm. and come directly to the microphone, mm-hmm. but it's been out for a while. I feel like almost a month, right? Probably more, even. Yeah. It's been out for a long time. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this a little bit. It's it's kind of been like a movie drought, sort of, towards yeah, the end of August, the summer. Like, August like, is when all the blockbusters are kind of come and went. Right. Because kind of the, like, our local theater still has Dunkirk playing. They Spider-Man. still have Spider-Man playing. I've seen Wonder Woman as as uh, recently as last week. And I think yeah. that came out in, what, like May? Yeah, Wonder Woman came out a while ago. A long ago. time ago. So Wonder Woman's about to come out in... Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, all those movies made a decent amount of money, so it makes sense that they're still in that Yeah, theater. for sure. But, but uh, yeah, uh, Atomic Blonde is one that I've, I've wanted to catch for a bit. We're big um, um, We're big John Wick fans. We are big John Wick fans, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is made by like one half of the people who made John Wick. Oh, I didn't even know they were the same I people I think uh, I'm going to, before I say that, immediately add a yeah, asshole. I'm we've done that up. no IMDb prep work on this one whatsoever. Yeah. So we can, um, we can do that now. Yeah, but I uh, it's it was one that I well we had seen the trailer a while ago. for this movie for a while also. Do we do a trailer talk on that one? I don't, I don't think know so. if we did, but I th- we we have gone very back and forth with being hot or not hot on this movie. So the first time I saw the trailer and they had you know it was like a quick cut trailer. It looked very John Wick. Mm-hmm. Um, the music was paced um on the beat with like the kind of action scenes i think it was uh your own personal jesus was the song yeah um and like with all the punches and hits and stuff like that were lined up with the beats of the music which is something that a lot of trailers are doing now definitely and i still like it but it is on the verge of being overused um definitely still not in the melancholy remixes of classic songs mm-hmm. uh territory of being tired but getting there yeah um so just a quick aside uh he said is a he's an uncredited director on john wick the guy who who directed okay. this movie so like a director's assistant more so maybe i'm not really sure what it means when you're he uncredited was involved. as he's involved and uh, he also did the dead he also directed the uh deadpool short that's at the beginning of logan okay and then it's this movie and then the movie after this is oh he's directing deadpool too okay so, you know, he's, and he's done a bunch of other stuff as a, he's mostly an actor who's directed this flick. Oh, what's his name? Um, I just, uh, just got rid of it. Give me one, one second again. Come on now. This is good radio. Yep. Great radio. Good radio. I'll keep talking. Um, David Le- L-E-I-T-C-H. Lech. Leish. Leish. We're, I mean, everyone knows we're perfect pronunciators. So. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... You know, originally the, the first time I saw the trailer, I was like, okay, this looks cool. Uh, strong woman, um, lead protagonist. Doing John Wicky type Doing John Wicky kind of stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Spy stuff. Yes. Happening in Berlin, mm-hmm. right as the, the uh, Berlin Wall is about to come down. Um, and I think that's a cool setting. It is a cool setting. The more I saw the trailer, the more I started to think, like, is this going to be bad? Well, and then, like, some of, like, the pre-movie buzz was that it might not be super good. Yeah. And um, the the movie has been very mixed from, like, what I've heard. I think what we've all been hearing about yeah. it. Where some people have been, like, no one's been come out and been, like, this movie's amazing. You have to see it. I have heard some talk. Uh, of it being, like. Yeah, of some people who are big fans of it that made me. And they were the things that they were saying that they really enjoyed about it was all kind of stuff that I kind of, I fancy. So, like. Yeah. And I think. Just to get the impressions out of the way, right. I think a lot of the um, the aspects that I had heard that were really positive about this movie being sort of the style, the mm-hmm. setting, the music, um, Charlize Theron just kind of being a badass, yes, the stunt work, the martial arts. I thought all that was really cool. As a spy story, I don't know if it's like 
the that great of a spy yeah. story it gets a, and especially i think in like the second act i also think it goes on a little bit too long the movie does not end it goes on too <laughs> there's long. like a part where i'm like my god there was a moment where i was i was tired and i was like ready for it to kind of start wrapping up and then it, yeah. it just sort of like we'll get into the specifics i think after we start there's definitely about a, spoilers, yeah. but yeah. there's a point in this movie where you're like fuck yeah this is awesome this seems like climactic and then it just goes on for another like 20 30 minutes from there yeah you don't want to have like because at that point you're like all right well like this is this is the peak of the movie it should be over and it's just like kind of unrelenting um my take on the movie my general impressions is i'm actually not super hot on the movie there were some things that really worked for me but Mm -hmm. um like i've said on many uh i said on many shows before that we've done we live in a post John Wick world, right? John Wick is the is the gold standard for action movies, um, which is not to say that movies should be exactly like John Wick, um, but they should be. You know, like that is giving you a really good template to fuck with. You I know? think where John Wick really succeeds, and we've mm-hmm. talked about this before on radio, yes. but the first John Wick is just a perfectly paced movie. Yes, the setup of motivation for John Wick. To just absolutely go in and destroy everyone. So simple. It's very, very simple. Mm-hmm. They establish a character motivation and an arc for John Wick yeah. in the first 10 minutes. Pretty much wordlessly. They just kind of like... they show. It's like a master class of show, don't tell. Yeah. And then they have the inciting incident that if anybody... Like, it's the... Best justification for doing that kind of, like, yes. rampage possible. And that's what I think is kind of... I think what this movie is missing for me is that there's a general lack of focus. Yes. The movie is very kind of um, everywhere in terms of, like, the story it's trying to tell. But I also think that Charlize Theron does not have a... Um, motivation? She doesn't have a good enough motivation for why she's yeah. doing it. And, like... In the beginning of the movie, you learn that she has also lost a loved one. Right. That's in the trailer. That's in the trailer. Yeah. And um, it's not strong enough because you never you never see this kind of like... You don't have the relationship you don't, with the loved there's one. No, they don't build up her character at all. And that's right. kind of like, I think, the biggest sin of the movie is that like her character, I think, is so underdeveloped and it, her justification and like... Her killing is never really there. Not that she's going on like revenge. Well, it's her job. Rampage. She's MI6. She's, she's a spy. Whereas yeah. John Wick is an assassin. They're different. But I, I think uh, Atomic Blonde has something in common with a lot of spy movies in that there are a lot of players involved. Yeah. There are a lot of contacts and you're not really sure what side everybody is on. And they're constantly referencing other characters mm-hmm. who you could very easily lose the thread of who's, 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 who? who's who, who's yeah. named what. Um, and I think in being a Cold War era spy movie... Um, it's very easy to lose the narrative thread for the audience because of all the double crossing yeah. and backstabbing. And that's the whole idea. And I think it's also, it doesn't help when they, they start the movie in this kind of like, um, she's kind of doing like a post mission briefing with right. her superiors. And I almost, am like, I don't think the movie needs this like, um, kind of circular completion where it's like, we're starting at the beginning and right. she's telling you the mission, and right. we're learning her her take on it, and then you learn that she's maybe potentially lying to her superiors about some things. Yes. Which will culminate when we get to the spoiler part of the podcast. But, um, yeah, I almost don't think you need it. And I think that it just makes it even more confusing, because we're, like, jumping around in not too long of a timeline, kind of everywhere, and I don't think that those scenes really add anything to, like, the actual plot that's happening in the movie as mm-hmm. we're going forward in it, so... I just, I feel, that that was my issue with the movie. I was like, it just feels so unfocused. And there's, and there are really good nugs of it. The soundtrack's really good. I do kind of wish more of it was um, diegetic instead of kind of like blaringly Yeah, but a face. lot of it is very diegetic. I Some mean, of they, it is, yeah. They introduce the soundtrack a lot of the, the a lot of the time, they introduce the music mm-hmm. as diegetic, but then it becomes like a full track. It's like the, the um, editing of the music does not remain diegetic the whole time. Yeah. A lot of the time, like, the music will be playing in a car and it'll sound like it's coming through car speakers. But then when the music actually kicks yeah. in, it is playing as it's mixed as just regular mm-hmm. movie soundtrack, which I like that. And I like how a lot of them, they use yeah. music in a lot of cases as cover up for sound and, yeah. and being able to have like spy, like candid conversations and stuff like that. 
Which um, I guess like most of the time it works, but I I think the I think the soundtrack's like a little bit like in your face. I think the the movie also suffers from um, style over substance. Well, I think that's know? that's something that I really liked about the movie is that they they treat the setting with a lot of respect. I think, yeah. and they really do a a great job of establishing the setting with the music and with the, <clears throat> the color work in the movie. Like everything, like it is. 1989 Berlin. Yeah. They establish that the wall is about to come down and the atmosphere, they're constantly jumping back before, between East and West Berlin. Um, and they're establishing the tension there. They're establishing how um, German citizens are reacting to the news, of the Berlin wall coming down. Yeah. It's like the height of the cold war breaking tipping point. Um, and I think they do a lot with the fashion, the music, um, the setting, the atmosphere is really good. Yeah, all um, that stuff works for you. And I think all that stuff kept me engaged through the movie because I really liked all that stuff. I especially mm-hmm. liked the soundtrack. I liked all the Depeche Mode and um, yeah. some the Clash. The soundtrack's good. And... I don't mean to say the soundtrack's bad. Um, it was just a little bit like in the forefront for me uh, personally. Mm-hmm. But I think I wouldn't mind that as much because I think my my main issue with with the movie and maybe this is like who I am as a audience viewer is I just didn't have a character I felt like I could latch onto or a character I fully understood. You um, just didn't buy. Charlie I didn't Stone. buy. No, like I, I really didn't, um, and I, I feel kind of justified after completing the movie mm-hmm. um, because she's not a great protagonist, not because she's not interesting or captivating, but because there's not really. They're not given a lot about her. Like, I don't right. know what makes her tick. She's just this kind of, like, cold-blooded spy right. who's just trying to get the job done. And that's who she is the entire movie. You see her kind of soften up in some parts. And she definitely doesn't like getting lied to. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I just, I don't really like her character all that much. Because she's not, she's not all that interesting to me. Yeah, well, and I guess that's that's the movie sort of working against itself because mm-hmm. she is a spy, and it is very important for her as a spy to be to play things close to the chest, yeah. not show emotion, not trust. Any- they say the very beginning of the movie, her her mission briefing, John yeah. Goodman, and uh, I don't know the other actor's name, but he's been in some other stuff before. Yeah. Um, they say <clears throat> don't trust anybody, yeah. right? So that is the character motivation to be a spy, not trust anybody, not trust right. any of her contacts. And be kind of cold. Mm-hmm. And I think she works as just like... Charlize Theron works... I mean, the first scene that she's in, she's getting out of a, an ice bath. She is yeah. like emerging from an ice bath. She's ice she queen. is the ice queen. Yeah, for sure. And I think she plays that well. And I think she plays the like... I think she's just a good job. Cold, yeah. badass spy really well. I think I would have liked to see... I think I would have been down with cold, badass spy if I got to see like pre-cold, badass spy a little sure. bit. Because um, we, you know... Uh, Don't worry, they left room for a, a, a prequel. Yeah, not so much a sequel, but a prequel. Mm, less so a sequel, but... Uh, a prequel I could get down with, maybe. Yeah. I mean, like, that, that's kind of thing. You introduce that she's lost this loved one, and it's like, I, I kind of wish we maybe got to see more scenes with her and the one... Or maybe, or maybe like maybe even a little like a little pre-story of like how they got together, because I think they're both spies. Yeah, but right? I think... I think um, they address that more with some development with the character later on with some of her other relationships yeah. and how she views relationships in this kind of spy world and how she treats relationships with other people. There's a specific line in there that I don't want to speak to quite yet, but yeah. um, I mean, generally if we're going to start getting into spoilers anyway, cause uh, I feel like I'm about ready. Uh, ready I, yeah, I, I think the movie had pacing problems. I agree with you that I could totally see someone not getting on board with the character. Yeah. Um, but I was entertained enough. Like I said, I, the music we've talked to yes. about, I like great. The setting is really good. Mm-hmm. I like Charlize Theron and James McAvoy's performances. Yes. Um, and not always, not every action scene but there were some really there's some really kick-ass action in this movie and there are um, there's some... one scene that we'll unpack soon that's like really really good and, and, that, and when we get that scene i'm like i wish the whole movie was this yeah it kind of really feels wish almost, the whole movie was this there are some of the fight scenes feel like they were directed by a different person yeah than some of the previous ones it's weird because like you know when we will get into it but yeah there i guess for me before we don't the spoilers um 
I am not the hottest on the movie. That's not to say I didn't enjoy it or I wasn't entertained, but I do think there were pacing problems. Uh, some of the action didn't land with me as much as some of the other action in the movie. Yeah. And I think the story is just kind of generally confusing. And the movie, I think the biggest problem just has it lacks focus mm-hmm. by trying to tell this really big plot. And, you know, I'm also not a huge, like, spy movie guy. Right. And sure. I think that's that's kind of the thing with spy movies is that they're... You know, you can't really trust someone, but there is a plot to follow, but that that ride can kind of change rails at any point. I think this movie would, you would benefit watching this movie again. The thing is, I don't want to watch it again. I don't want to watch it again either, and I was thinking that at the end, I was just like, I think I would actually like this movie more on a second viewing. Yeah, probably. I really, I really do. But I think the the pacing and the length of this movie kind of kind of goes against that because it does feel like a really long movie. There's some scenes that just like happen. I'm like, why is she here? Yeah. Why is she even in this bar or right. doing this thing? So there, I think another issue, and they even there is a line in there about this, but she's in Berlin for like a week or so, and yeah. it seems like her mission is very time sensitive, time critical. Yes. And then there's. Quite a few scenes where she's kind of just hanging out. It she's just like, chilling. Like she's yeah. like kind of killing time, and it doesn't and always she like, make and sense. And this, I think that's part of why the pro- the pacing yeah, seems a little. Because there are times where she'll meet characters that are important to the plot, but it's not just because she went there to meet them. It's just kind of just like <laughs> sort of the, runs into him. She just runs into him yeah. at the bar, and, she, and they're like, "Oh, hey, I am very important to the story." She's right. like, "It's a good thing I went to this bar today." Right, but I think well, we'll get into it in spoilers. Yeah, yeah. But I think the. She was meant to meet those characters then. Yeah. We as an audience are meant to think she's just like going to this place to see who turns mm. up. But I'm not always buying it. Maybe the people that turn cases. up turn up probably for a reason. Well, right? I think we're just dancing around it. Before we jump to spoilers, Jack, would you recommend seeing this movie in theaters or otherwise? I think have a look at what how you think the tone and the atmosphere of this movie yeah. works for you. Because like I said, the the music went a long way for me. The fashion went a long way for me. Yeah. Charlize Theron is dressed, like, impeccably the whole movie. Her fashion sense is... It's killer. She looks so good as spy yeah. killer. It's good. Uh, that, like, late 80s, early 90s mm-hmm. European fashion, I'm about it. Yeah. Um, James McAvoy is... Like, there's a lot of fucking cool coats A lot in of this cool movie. coats. A lot of cool, cool haircuts. Yeah. 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 Um, Blonde guy who gets a cool haircut on that guy. He's got a cool yeah. haircut. And I think he has a good jacket and tattoos as well. Yeah. So yeah, he's so got f- like he's got like he's there's a character a, um a character in this movie that's like just supposed to be kind of the Russian muscle. Yeah. And he's he's uh we're both me and Robbie were both like it's a sharp sharp looking dude. I like that guy. Yeah. He looks really yeah, good. He looks good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so uh I would say fashion's like A+. plus. Definitely, I, and that's it's the thing. The it's, style, the style of the movie, yeah, stylistically, super good. Yeah, definitely. Style, I think, is good. Maybe some of the the like actual like plot, yeah, writing execution a little bit clumsy. Not the best. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a spy movie though, so it's supposed to be kind of muddled. You're not supposed to know who to trust. Yeah. So I it's think, hard to know. It's it's good when it's deliberate in terms of like writing. Yeah. It's not as good when it's like maybe fumbling. Yeah, in a sense, in a sense, yeah. um, I would definitely, I would recommend seeing if you're into like spy movies and action movies. This is a total flick for it's you. It's a solid, and it's a, it's a change of pace, I think, from those flicks. You but, know, we saw this movie on a rainy Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and that's what it was for, and it was fun. Yeah, I would definitely recommend like, um, you know, maybe maybe check it out when it's uh, on DVD or VOD or something. By the time y'all hear this, it's not going to be in theaters anymore, so yes, you're going to probably have basically. to check it out on DVD. Um, but, you know, I don't think... I You know, action movies generally benefit from the theater experience, but I think this would be just as fine on your small You could do just screen. fine watching this at home. Yeah. Get it, like, you know, maybe don't don't shove out the 10 bucks, or if you got movie pass, just see a fucking movie every day. Nothing matters. Did you order your movie pass? No, Jack. What's I, wrong with you? Well, sometimes I read books and masturbate all the time. Okay, well, in my it, books. it only takes about five minutes to sign up. I don't want to, I'm not going to show for movie pass, but like, if you see more than one movie a month, which you do, I know mm. you do, mm. we see a lot of movies per month, mm. you could save yourself a lot of money. Anyway, that's here, neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. We're not going to business pitch that. No. All right, so we're going to do a quick plug and then we'll be right back. everyone thanks for listening to another episode of hot takes i'm jack um you already know who i am uh i'm not good at these like pre-recorded uh plugs but uh, i am here to tell you about an article 
um, that's pertinent to the conversation we've been having. Um, Mike Wright, Mike Burge, friend of the site. Um, well, I'm gonna say he the, made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, he made the site. Uh, he, he he did the thing. Um, Mike Burge has written a really good article on diegetic music and its use and the use of music in Baby Driver. Mm. Um, which is an excellent movie Super that we also good. have recorded a podcast on, which turned out pretty fun. Mm. Um, but the article dives into the relationship that Baby Driver has with music and how... Um, and the musicals, it's a genre. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and it's really good, and you should check it out. Check it out. Hello, and welcome back to Hot Takes, where we're unpacking... From the the locked suitcase, spy suitcase, Tom of Blonde spoilers. Well, I'm really glad that uh, that's it's good. That, that it's, paid off there. That analogy paid yeah, off. It's yeah, it's a spy. You know, spies sometimes have suitcases, and yeah. that's usually where their secrets are. Uh huh. Right. That's common knowledge. Spies. Every, every spy. Every spy has a suitcase. At MI6, you're given uh, a suitcase. Is MI6 the, a real? Is that a real thing? Yeah. What do they do there? Spy stuff. It's like the CIA, but it's. British. How does it? How come everyone knows? Oh. Fucking James Bond? Everybody knows that the MI6 is because of James, James Bond, and James also because it's like a real organization. Is Atomic, is she 007, Charlize? Yeah. Uh, is that the spoiler? Yeah. That's the first spoiler. This movie takes place in the James Bond universe. It's not true. No. It was weird, though. It does take place in the Fast and the Furious universe. Right. Well, everything yeah. does. Secretly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's because it's real life. Um... All right. I feel like we we mentioned w- things we wanted to spoil. Mm, and now we're like, now we have our uh, time. We got to jump back into it. Okay, so it's a big one. Get out. What did you think about the? I mean, James McAvoy being not trustworthy, and then there's a couple twists. There are some twists. Right? The, the thing is, like, there's a there's an ultimate twist at the end of the movie that Charlize Theron is the ultimate. She's double agent. agent she's like a I triple guess. agent yeah. yeah well she's like when they get the list of she, spies she works for the mi6 so the whole the fucking the movie's about is getting, getting this the list, list yeah of and all there's, the spies there's a list that has the name and information code names everything about yeah. every spy in berlin or otherwise everyone's like, dirty which laundry is kind of crazy to me like how does there's always one of these lists in spy movies who made that like piece the, of paper the atomic bomb football like yeah. like everybody's there's always a list that's got everybody's shit on it like yeah it just seems like a very like lazy sort of it's not a great plot device because also none of the characters really seem like that everyone wants the list but like i almost kind of forgot that that it's because like it's their information on the line right which is cool right but that doesn't ever really feel like that's why they're trying to get the list Mm mm-hmm um, maybe it's so they could sell it or give it to other bidders or give it to other organizations. Right. But I like the idea of they're worried about their, like, identities, which are sure. elusive and, like, not stable already. Right. And the whole twist of this movie is the people whose identities yeah. you think you know, you don't actually know. Mm-hmm. And that's why everybody is really after this list. That's why Atomic Blonde is after this list. Her name's the, Lorraine, right? Lorraine, I think. Is it yeah. Lorraine? Yeah, yeah, I think so. We can call her that um, fun. Is that she really is... And James McAvoy says pretty early on in the movie, he's, he talks about the game, this whole spy yeah. operation. In I like his monologue at the end. Yeah, like it's, it's good. It's like popped, yeah. But he says very early on in the movie, like, the number one mission is always to stay alive. Yeah. So I think in a lot of cases, With that's it, a Winning big, the game is never a, big, is never a real question. It's more of like um, for people in the line of work for like being in a secret agent, like winning is as a aloof question as like philosophical questions which I, I like that line too right and there's also a lot of themes of loyalty and who you're loyal to and mm-hmm. whether you're loyal to your country or your alignment um yeah a lot of the players in this movie talk about loyalty um and ultimately it's it's who are you loyal to and why and in in the case of atomic blonde she's just well there's a twist of who she's loyal to in the end but really she just wants to she wants Not, her life back. Yeah, she says that. She, she says she, she wants, wants her life, life back, back, and she wants to stay alive. Which is, like, a great motivation for that character, which is why, kind of, like, it, when we were doing our spoiler-free part of the discussion, I was like, that's the stuff I want. Yeah. That's that's the things I want for that character. Right. 
Um, but I, I I agree that I don't think they earn it by establishing why she wants to get out so bad. Because, like, like, they don't yeah. really... You know why John Wick doesn't want to get back into it. Right. He's retired. Right. He's done. Nothing is Nothing good has come from this lifestyle. The first ten minutes of... We're going to keep going back to John Wick because I yes. think it's a perfect movie. But the t- first ten minutes of John Wick, very quickly, almost like you could compare it to the beginning of Up. Like yes. that whole like kind yeah. of montage. Because well, like you're creating empathy, right? Background. It's like it's like a perfect exposition yeah. scene because it's like we're giving you everything you need, and then the movie just happens. Right. Here's what the position this character is yeah. in, without really diving like letting the world also breathe on its own, mm. but giving you the established reason why you should care about John Wick. Yes. What he's been up to, and mm-hmm. why all this matters. And I agree with you that I don't think Atomic Blonde really earns that with Charlize Theron. No, because like her twist, she's like, I want my life back. I'm like, was it ever taken from you? Do you not like doing this kind of work? Because that never was really conveyed by her character in the movie that she's like, I don't want to be a spy. I don't want to do this. Whereas like John Wick got it so easy because it's like, it's established very early that he doesn't want this. And then John Wick 2, it's like, no, no, I really don't want to do this. Right. And then like he's, he kind of is like shoved into it and i do think they come back to that later on in the movie which is what also what i was hinting at before Mm -hmm. the break is that um she sees her her relationships in this spy world as superficial they're all lies just to get by they are they are interactions that are not really meaningful in any sort of way and i think that plays into why she seems she obviously seems to care that her lover which we see in the beginning of the movie get iced, mm-hmm. um, was killed. Yeah. But she says to um, a French agent that is also involved in Berlin, who yeah. is played by, let me recheck her name, Sophia Butella? Butella. Um, who uh, was also recently in the Mummy reboot. She was the Mummy. Oh, she is the mummy. She's the mummy. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, know. That's why she looks no familiar. One, no yeah. one saw that movie. Yeah, I didn't see that movie. No, but I saw the trailers. No, nah, plenty um, of times. But they have this conversation because they become intimate, which I think the relationship between them is interesting. I think, when, especially cool. with like a, a strong female lead, to have like that kind of relationship on screen. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, cool. For sure. um, and they it, don't get too worked. far into it, but they have a discussion where she is saying to her, um, "She she says I." These aren't real. These relationships aren't real. Yeah, she has a line. It's um, because like her, the woman that she's seeing, she's like, "Your eyes always change. You're telling the truth." Right. Well, that's and she's like, "Well, I'm glad you told me because you know that right. would get me killed." And I think in those scenes, they're establishing maybe a desire for her to have that kind of intimacy with somebody else and have a yeah. real interaction. And that's something that she can never have as part of this life. Yeah, it's just like it's so still like entrenched, like because. Even their romances between like, uh, which I do kind of like this uh, power play of like, the the French operative is um, she's very new. Delphine, is Delphine. Her name. Yeah. she's very she's new green. to the whole game. Yeah, yeah. she's green. Whereas uh, Charlize Theron is like much more kind of have been in it for a while, and I like the the fact that they're sleeping together was really cool, and like their power play, and then what ends up happening to Delphine at the end of the movie. Well, I mean, when you think about interpersonal relationships in spy movies mm-hmm. are never very strong. I mean, think about James yeah. Bond and all the Bond girls throughout all the... like Because that, Vesper, senti- that sentiment is in all those movies, I feel like. Casino Royale works because... And Casino Royale, I think, is the best James Bond movie because the, the, you have a James Bond who is vulnerable and who cares about... It's not just, like, the sexy Bond girl. <laughs> There's actually a relationship that the, he builds with Vesper. And then when she betrays him... It sucks. It sucks. It, it, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell that he can feel it. And the rest of the, the Daniel Craig, James Bond movies have largely been the fallout of that, that relationship. relationship. Yeah. So, I, I, but generally, I don't think relationships in spy movies are given that much attention. And I feel like that is, if you're looking for a motivation for Charlize Theron's character, mm-hmm. that's it. And you can see she's very closely guarded, especially when she interacts with James McAvoy's character. Right. Which was wise on her part. Yeah. But... I think that there is underneath more of a personal story that you can unpack a little bit. Maybe it gets lost a little bit in the pacing yeah. of the movie, but I think it's there. And I think it's handled with more of a deft hand than most spy movies would. That's like fair. they they build up John Wick 
with this prior relationship, but he right. doesn't have any more relationships after that. No. We'll see so, what happens in the third one. But We'll see. Yeah. The third one is the whole world's going to come with Every Everyone's Wick, trying to fight John And John Wick. Wick's going to kill everybody, he and will, I can't he wait. He will destroy the entire population of the Earth. I can't wait. He's going to he's gonna go full Dracula and just... <laughs> <laughs> it's a real deep cut yeah, doing, the, doing the Castlevania anime show. Hey, the Castlevania Good. anime is good. Plug, see that. It's awesome. It's about an hour long. It's so good. It's on Netflix. It's so good. And it's cool. It's and that's really all I cool. have to say about it. Yeah. But, um, Start watching Voltron. Yeah? On Netflix, yeah. Is it cool? It's alright. Does Voltron decide to kill everyone on Earth? No, he just turns know. into a bunch of little cats and then turns into one big uh, human cat. I guess that's cool. Yeah, it's kind of like Last Airbender. It's made by a lot of the people who made Last Did you Airbender. watch Voltron when you were a kid? No. So I feel like we were, you and I... We're a little old. We're, we're a little, a little young, young for Voltron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we were more Power Rangers than Voltron. Thundercats and Voltron. The thing is, I'm watching the Voltron show. It reminds me so much of the new Power Rangers movie. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot. Like, they're trying to command their Robocats, make a one Robocat. Well, where do you think Power Rangers got it from? Is it that order? Or I'm pretty think, sure Voltron, you think Voltron got it from. I'm pretty sure Voltron, Voltron was first. predates Power Rangers. Yeah. Mm. I think the original Voltron anime was before Power Rangers. Mm. Don't quote me on that. I don't know. Mm. Um, don't at me. Um, don't at me. But back to Atomic Blonde. I. How did you feel about James McAvoy in general? I really like his performance. Um, I I like that he is this like CD character that you can't trust. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, we're never we're never led to believe that we can trust him. Right. There might be moments where you're led to like him. Mm-hmm. And then through that, maybe you're, you're like, well, maybe he's not on the bad side. I was genuinely shocked when he um, shot the Spyglass. Right. That guy. Yeah, Spyglass. Um, we didn't mention him. Yeah, he's Spyglass the guy who... is another ex machina who is a character. Yeah, who is... who's like, I guess kind of like underused in a weird way. Because he's he's just like, oh, here's... He's like, I don't have the list, but he I can memorize the whole list. Yeah, I can, I can do that. Well, I think it's making that asset like that objective more mm-hmm. personal and human because they also show his family so, so in that scene, it's maybe a little knows, bit cheap he but... knows who atomic he knows atomic bond is this triple crosser right no you don't i don't so? think he knew knows really who the hell atomic See, bond is. well no i think he does because remember there's that scene where they they first meet each oh, other and he read the list obviously duh yeah so yeah. he's so, so he's just like he's like he says to uh, atomic Blonde, we keep calling her atomic Blonde, but he says to whatever her name is lorraine He's like, you know, I know who everyone on the list is, right? right and right, she's right. just like, it doesn't concern me, hmm. or like something like that. And I'm just like, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, now that we really know, think about that, that's like a cool thing. And I think, you know, he's just trying to get out of Berlin. Right. He's just trying to get out. I don't think the list says, says though, that she's a triple crosser. That she's a triple, like it says double agent. But she has the same code name as a double agent. She's satchel. She is satchel. Yeah. 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 But it says double agent, Satchel. So the, as far as the list is concerned, so that's the major spoiler is there is this traitor that's referenced throughout the movie, Satchel, yeah. codenamed Satchel, who is... who is Which I knew was going to be her. Right, of course. Yeah. Well, I think they're they're making you... I think they're, it's, they're, it's McAvoy. But. It's either her or McAvoy. But and McAvoy is said, doing his own, yeah. his own sort of betrayals. Right. But in the end, he's really covering his own ass because he kills... Um, Spyglass because he doesn't want the information about the well, list. He doesn't kill Spyglass. Out. He just pops him. Spyglass dies because he drowns. I don't think he would have shot him if he was hoping he would survive. I just, I guess, uh, I'm but arguing also, with the syntax. If he did not kill him, water killed him. Okay, but he wanted him dead. Yes. He also wanted Atomic Blonde dead, yeah. but he doesn't reveal you think that. He killed his family, right? Because do you think he killed his family? No. He's, no. He got the, he got the last we see the family, they're with John Goodman. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. But James yeah. McAvoy has also read the list. Right. He knows what's up. So he knows that Atomic Blonde is Satchel also. And he's been bugging Atomic Blonde since she right. got to Berlin. Basically. So there's a lot of like, double like we kind of said yeah. at the top, like there's a lot of double crossing going on. There's a lot. It gets a little bit hard to follow, which is why I think seeing it again might like elucidate all yeah, of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, because I think the biggest problem is probably that there's just too many players involved. There's too many characters. That's that's kind of why like the John Goodman and the other guy in like the current timeline mm-hmm. or like where the movie starts um, or is like actually taking place. I, I I think that is really what throws me kind of out of orbit with the film. Like, sure. That's what, that's what really confused me. 
Um, I, and I don't always, I don't always like that because I almost feel like, do you guys not have confidence in the story you're just telling just to tell it? Because you can tell and add a sequence story yeah. and like just kind of do it. I don't think that having them be in this debriefing room grounds her in any way. Well, it it does lend another aspect of obscuring the truer story because John Goodman obviously knows the whole time that she is actually so that's the final twist the is that final final twist Atomic he's Bond in on it. is yeah. actually CIA and not MI6 right so she is on the very surface working for MI6 to go get this list she's double crossing MI6 by working for the KGB but and giving the list yeah. to the KGB but she also reveals to the KGB guy at the end the final kind of action scene uh, that she was working with the KGB as a double crosser to really get information out of the KGB. And she says, I've been feeding you false information. You've been giving me real information and I've been using that information against you. And then finally we find out that she's actually American when she drops the British accent at the end on a plane with John Goodman and is actually CIA. So that's kind of cool. That's a neat twist at the end. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not the most mind blowing. It's not memento, but uh, we didn't, yeah, we didn't leave being like, Oh my God, the whole movie is in reverse. You know, you need those kind of little twists for (laughs) for spy movies. And I think it worked. Like like we said, like the plot, I think works well enough to service what otherwise has really good style and, and, and tone and setting for sure. And some like, like, most of the action is just serviceable, but the one I want to talk about the one Ooh, because doggy. as it was happening, we were like, fuck. We are like, holy shit, this is really good. And I think we both were kind of, you know, I think you were enjoying it a little bit more than I was, but we're, you know, neither of us were kind of shitting on the movie or anything like that. No, no, no. And then we got to that scene. We we're both kind of like, shut the fuck up. And we're like, we're watching like, it. We're holy like, shit. This is like, like really where good. Where did this come from? Yeah. So it's basically this, um, basically when... McAvoy shoots Spyglass. They're uh, trying to get away through this protest or like rally. Right. They're using the yeah. the approach uh, East Berlin protest mm-hmm. um, as the wall is like about to come down any day right. now to get Spyglass out of East Berlin mm-hmm. um, and get him to safety. Meanwhile, KGB snipers are uh, in a building and they have eyes on them and they narrowly escape by getting into the same building that because they're in. because McAvoy has told the KGB that they have this plan to get there. Spyglass out right and he wants Atomic Blonde and Spyglass, Spyglass dead next yeah so um so then once they get into that room or into that building this incredible 15 20 minute long one shot it felt like about 15 minutes could have been maybe 10 or something uninterrupted but. take which it's not fully interrupted you could kind no, of no, see the scenes of fake, where they were fake cuts. doing a little um, bit of uh magic but, there, but, movie the, magic but there's there, no but. none of the one cuts are really like a one cut there's always no of course most of them have like some kind of magic in it yes that, like edits but but this this one's really good too it's so good it's so good it's and it's like why isn't the whole movie like this why isn't the whole movie like this because like the action dude. And, like, what I love about it is she's just kind of fighting, like, two or one dude at a time. Yes. And it's hard. And, like, the choreogra- the, the fight choreography is awesome. Yeah. It's very real it's, and grounded. Yeah. And just, like, graphic. And, and, like, meanwhile, she's also trying to save Spyglass, who's been shot. Right. And, she, and they're just kind of, like, moving through these rooms together. And, like... It's raw. It's, it's very raw. raw and um, from what I know about the production of this movie, Charlize Theron did a lot of her own stunts. That's awesome. And... Did a lot of work, prep work, learning mm-hmm. this martial arts and getting prepared for this. Yeah. And she kicks ass. She's great. Yeah. Like, and it is, you feel every blow. It is very scrappy. It is very, like, um, seen Eastern Promises? No. Okay, well, it the, the it feels raw and dangerous. And it's not just like, oh, you get a karate chop to the throat and you're out of commission. It's like, no, yeah. these, they're fighting to the death. Mm-hmm. And they're going to continue to fight to the death. Yeah. Like, until their very last you break. You get your, your classic, like, your two combatants are so tired that they're, like, they're giving it gassed. the best they can yeah. to, like, really fight. And, like, that scene's great, too. And she gets her ass kicked. Well, that's why that scene is how she gets the scars she has in the, how'd you get the scars? Yeah, yeah. She gets in the beginning of the movie. Right. And they um, establish that with her in the debriefing room, just fucking covered in bruises. Oh, yeah. And, she, like, well, no, when she gets out of the ice bath, she's yeah. just, like, she's her mm. not look great. Yeah. So that I really like that that scene was and that scene is probably 30 minutes from the end of the movie. Yeah, and which that's I think is that's kind of an issue, yeah, because cuz it's so far from the end of the movie, like we were like we 
Our, I think our impressions of the movie could have been different. Right. If it ended kind of sooner after. They can't just end on that note. But right. Even, like, um, I was thinking the movie was going to end when McAvoy was giving his, like, weird speech to the camera. Right. And I was like, that'd be kind of a weird ending, but maybe I could get down with it. Like, yeah. everything sucks. I don't know. But then The movie has, like, three endings. It's just, well, because you have to explain that she, she she's a triple crosser. Right. Yeah, I guess so you have to, like... She's like, when well, I'm going to have my tea with the queen... And then she's like, I'm actually a KGB. Then she's like, I am American. Yep. Final answer. Yeah, you're right. I guess they yeah. do give an ending to each of her personas. Yeah, Her weird. allegiances. Yeah. It's, yeah, it works. Um, but even the fight scene, like, there's a final there's a final fight scene with her and the KGB agent that they've that seems cool established too. as, like, yeah. kind of the big bad guy, really? He's, like, the major... He's the big bad guy of the KGB. Sort of. Well, you know what was weird? So remember the guy who kills her her hubby or boyfriend in the beginning of the movie? Yeah. He gets killed pretty easily. Yeah, he's just muscle, though. But they introduce him as, like, yeah, he's the, what do they call him, the biggest cunt in the KGB. Right. Right. Um, I just thought he was going to be more of a big deal. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess this guy is kind of the big Yeah, bad. I yeah. guess. But, like, it's a... Sp- if the thing is, it's all intrigue. It's like a web of spies. Everybody is kind of out to. You can't trust anybody, yeah, and that's yeah. they they establish that very early on, and they maintain that theme throughout. But mm-hmm. even the the scene, the final scene where she has a confrontation with the the Russian, and that's when you're given the information explicitly. Yeah. Well, I guess we should also say that she pins the whole thing on McAvoy, who she tells. Yeah, she at, does this MI6. really cool. I actually like the scene a lot where she takes the bug that was on her Mm -hmm. and splices it with like other recordings and she makes basically she frames McAvoy for for doing it right and I think I was just like damn that's actually really cool and even McAvoy says when she tells him that's her plan Mm -hmm. like as she's killing him yeah he says well played like that's 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 actually that's a good good. call yeah yeah yep you should probably do that I'll see you later smart yeah yeah boom (laughs) (laughs) um but even the so the scene where she is um, about to be killed by the KGB because, right. of course, they double-cross her. Yes. That action scene feels like it was directed by a different person than whoever did the scene in the building with her and Spyglass. Yeah, that one's... I like that one. Because she John Wicks more. everybody because she just shoots everybody in the head with yeah. a silenced pistol. Which was cool. Which was cool. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I do. I agree that there is more cohesion in the action or, or more... Um, the action was like like a little bit like her her abilities as a killer or fighter were kind of more ubiquitous throughout all of the fighting. I guess in that scene, I think she was more prepared, which is probably the difference. Yeah, I mean, I do the scene in, at the end of that scene that she she shoots the big bad, but she kind of only like nicks him in the throat. Well, she's got to be able to like exposition on him. Yeah, but I really, I really like that monologue too. She she monologues on yeah. James McAvoy when she's killing him, and then she monologues yeah. on the KGB guy when she's finishing and him. Both scenes are pretty cool. Yeah, uh, you know, the more we talk about the movie, I, I I remember more of these scenes fondly, but for the most part, there's a lot in there I like, and yeah. I think the maybe the struggle you're having, maybe both like the the thing that prevents it from really excelling and being great. Like it's mm-hmm. good, I think, but maybe not great. But there's a lot of great stuff in there. Is it just maybe cohesively doesn't fully come together for you? Which maybe yes. like I said, on a repeat viewing That might be better. That might be better. I think that's that's really the issue for me, where it doesn't all it does not all mesh it doesn't tie together. And I, like I said at the top, you know, I think I'm a different I think what I look for are movies. Everyone has a different thing they look for when they watch movies. Yeah. And for me, like, I like more of the character-centric stuff. I like a simpler plot that's more focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie does not do those things. Um, I think that's more of the genre, though. Yeah, than, it comes down to know. taste. And yeah. if you, I guess if you're just not a spy movie kind of guy. Yeah, I'm just not too familiar taste. with it. Um, yeah. And I think in general, I'm, I'm really not. Because I don't like it when it kind of goes everywhere. Like, I like, like Kingsman's a spy movie, but... It's very simple. It's very simple. Yeah. Mo- mostly because, like, maybe the next one might be more complicated. But simple because you have a protagonist who is learning it with you. Yeah. Not someone who's just like, I'm already the best. Kingsman also has a completely different tone. Kingsman oh, Kingsman yeah. is very silly. It's super different. And is not... But that's there, why that's why I like it. There is a, <laughs> there is an aspect of danger to this movie. They're, they're in a dangerous place, and you cannot trust anybody. Yeah. That that is cool. The the location and style are a plus. In yeah, this film. they're great. Yeah, and it being a uh, Cold War setting mm-hmm. spy movie is cool. It works. Yeah, and the, the again the soundtrack is really kick ass. I is really cool. like the. Even soundtrack. though I could I could do with one less ninety nine red balloons. 
They there were a couple ninety nine. There's I think three. There. And, <laughs> There's uh, a red balloons for each one of her personas. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. They, and they did they they remix some of some classic songs that are cool. Yeah, um, which doesn't super work for the like setting diegetic music no. like existing in the time, but uh, but it's still fun. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Is that the, in the other like the reason I also like. I just think there's, like, parts of the movie could have cut out. Like, the whole skateboard, beaten to death scene. Well, they have to establish the KGB guy as, like, nasty. You know, which doesn't really work <sighs> no, as, like, a really. spy. Like, why would he kick the shit out of some kids if he's, like, a spy? Or, yeah, like, like yeah. it doesn't really make sense. Um, and then the, the scene where they have Those the kids don't have any information, clearly. They're just no, kids. he came and breakdanced, that fucking idiot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think maybe him. his, you know... He was his, scared. Yeah, he was a little bit scared. The nerves. Some good. Also, he didn't have a piece of cardboard, which you can't do breakdancing moves without a piece of cardboard. Now, I lived with a kid at college who... Uh, he was a skinny, uh, white Russian kid. His family were... His family are, like... They do like classical dancing mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, and he learned that as a young boy, and now he does break dancing. He's a b boy. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you right now, I saw him do some pretty amazing break dancing on a carpet. Huh? But imagine what he could do if it was cardboard. I think I've probably seen That's him do it I'm on saying. carpet. It's not bad either. Yeah, it's got her elbows. Yeah, it's probably yeah, not great. Yeah. But this also the scene where uh, she meets the French woman for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the scene we we're kind of talking about in the spoiler-free part of the podcast where we we're like, she just kind of went to this bar with McAvoy, mm-hmm. and then she was there. Well, and they like, established that that girl has been following her. Yeah, but why did they go to the bar in the first place? She goes to the bar because in the first scene where she gets in the car with the when she gets picked up at the airport, and then and she said she was made she was made by the Russians from the from the very beginning, mm-hmm. which obviously she was because she's a Russian double agent. Yes. Um, they give gave her a card, uh, and he says you might want to go check this place out, basically. Oh, and that's the bar that she goes to, where she meets the major Russian KGB agent who yes. we were just talking about in the skateboard scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also also meets the French agent. So like, at that point, we as the audience don't know that she's a KGB double agent. Yeah, but the whole scene with her in the car. And that when she first gets picked up, must have just been fodder for McAvoy because she knew that McAvoy was behind her. Yeah, and they had she had to establish that like I'm not with the KGB. Did you see what I just did to that? Well, guy? maybe even like some of the KGB doesn't even know she's with the KGB. Possibly, you know, because Mcavoy is the one who told the KGB. Yeah, because McAvoy is also with the KGB. Trying to get he her killed, know. and got Spyglass killed. It's all very. And see, it's confusing. a mess. Yeah, see, it gets is the movie is fun. Yeah, but I think that's, that's what it is. That's just inherent to the spy genre. That, it just like, gets kind of weird. And, and I think that's that's part yeah. of it. Part of the theme. It works as part of the theme as well because the theme is you know what is this game we're playing and who are we really playing for in the in the first place? Like yeah. you lose that kind of allegiance over the course of this movie. You lose some identity, and I think what she ultimately wants is to be able to get an identity that person. she doesn't have yeah. and build relationships that she's she can't have in this lifestyle. Yeah. So. I think I would have liked a few more scenes of her maybe saying that. So some other exposition. Yeah. But that's not what I'm going to get. So that's fine. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot to like in this movie. I the think more so I too. talk about it, the more. Yeah. I like yeah. It the, more we, the more we kind of sit on it, I'm like, it was pretty good. Um, what did you think of the the American twist at the end? I feel uh, like it's just like a little wink it and nod. It's not really like. Yeah. It like doesn't really fucking matter. No. Um, it's, it's cool. I mean, like, I kind of thought it was very like weird when it was like oh so you're just a russian spy well it's you know when i they have that when she has the you scene, have to know something's up because she's being all like sexy she's being not like herself at all right right she's and playing that guy. she's playing that yeah. guy yeah and then she does her thing but uh they said cool. i up. really hate i hate the john kidman's line in that in the, the cocksucker yeah, he's like cocksucker are you serious it's just like well because, i know because she calls her calls him a cocksucker at, yeah but you know why right so he could listen to the tape? How would a British person say cocksucker? Cocksucker. She says cocksucker with an R. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So, like, he's like, you're going to blow your fucking cover by calling me that in this room. You dickhead. Like, 
I think that's what they were going for in that. That's scene. a lot. Like, that's a lot better than yeah. what I thought. I th- th- what they were going for is like. <laughs> I thought a it was British... just some like cheeky like. I don't think a. Br- I, I'll I'll check the tape. I'll ref- I'll uh, I'll get yeah, a second call, opinion call your, here. Call your lady. Um, but I don't think a British person would say cocksucker with a hard R the way that she does cocksucker. in that scene. There are yeah. regions in England where there's more of a hard R, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. You know a lot about the how cocksucker is said. Yes. Throughout all regions of... I know how... Britannia. England has a lot of very interesting accents that are wildly different between, like, 20-mile spans, which is interesting for me. That is interesting. I'm an accent kind of person. I like that. Yeah. I think that's very interesting. Dialect in, like, regional dialects is very interesting. Yeah. And that podcast is coming soon. No, it's not. Fuck. Maybe. I'll be done. Yeah, you want to start another new podcast? Yes. We've already got like six on the run. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, I think we kind of covered all the bases for Atomic Blonde. Bring us home. So, if you haven't seen it and you want to, and you listen to our show, thank you. Uh, go see the movie. It's, it's fun. Um, and if you have seen it and you're listening to our discussion, thank you so much for listening. Hope yeah. that we unlocked... The suitcase with the spy things of your mind. Great and uh, analogy. Still, it's so it's good. Really it's so good. You're gonna watch the next spy movie you watch. It's gonna have a suitcase in it with spy stuff. Hopefully, StoryScreenBeacon.com is a website that has our podcasts, articles, things about all things about movies and merch. Buy a fucking T-shirt, you piece of shit. Just do it. That's Thank a good you. way to get someone to buy something. I think people like abuse. So please uh, go check out some of our other content. Uh, we got some articles on there. I by the time you listen to this, I might have a Spider-Man article on the site, or not. You've been working on your your your. Stop your talking about stop here. talking about the notes. Like, stop yeah. talking about the notes. You I don't look like talk Charlie about Day it. in that episode of Sunny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm Jack uh, Jesse. I'm Robert Anderson. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. So do you just not like my haircut, or your haircut? Yeah, my well, like I was just wondering why you hadn't complimented me on my. Haircut oh, yet. you did That's get a haircut. Yeah. Well, you got the the sides trimmed. It looks good. The, I you can see the skin now. It's good. It's definitely it's good. Your haircuts are more subtle than because you're like you know I uh-huh. get real shaggy, mm-hmm. then go real trim. Mm-hmm. I was gonna ask you because you are a hair man, what you think of my hair today? Because <laughs> hear me out. Take a shower. Yeah. Walk outside, raining. Right. I have to put my hood up immediately. Right. Yeah. What Annoying. you know? So yeah. I don't know how it looks. No, it looks good. It looks. Hair always looks good. Stop. Yeah, it's true. Stop.